Hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Dan Scott Show podcast. This is episode 15, and the first one we've done in a couple of months, kind of laid low for the summer, spent some time with the wife, actually went on the first cruise that we have ever gone on. Very interesting time. Uh, Enjoyed it. A lot of things you had to stay away from, but uh, a lot of things that you could uh, get into and and have fun with as well. And uh, we had a really, really nice relaxing time. But things are cranking back up in uh, both of our worlds. She has gone back to her job at school as kids are reporting uh, on, on this day. I'm actually recording this on August the 2nd and where we live. That's when they start school. Uh, because of a change in the calendar last year. And for me in my secular job, not only am I finishing up minor league baseball season, which still has about uh, six weeks to go, but we are cranking up college football season. In my job as the uh, director of broadcasting at Furman University, our first football game is on September the 1st, which happens to be my 33rd wedding anniversary. So uh, a lot going on, and uh, it's just that time of the year where we get cranked back up. So these podcast episodes, in theory anyway, are going to start coming along more regularly. And we've got some things that are happening with the uh, nonprofit Grand Slam Ministries. We're making some progress there uh, behind the scenes, and uh, hopefully within the next month or so, going to be able to make uh, some announcements about some things. So... Uh, No promises on that yet because I'm taking particular care to make sure that I'm following God's will in all of this and not trying to get ahead of his schedule, which has been a big problem for me in the past. But um, just just know that things are moving along behind the scenes, and we are uh, hopeful to have some news coming up for you within the next month. So, Just keep praying for us as far as that's concerned, and we look forward to being able to share that when the time comes. On this edition of the Dan Scott Show podcast, um, I'm going to share with you a talk that I gave at my home church this uh, past Sunday, July the 31st. Uh, Our pastor was on vacation. He gave me the uh, incredible honor of delivering the message to the congregation, and I just decided that the, the, the best thing that I can do and the thing that I could speak the most passionately about and the thing that I have the most intimate knowledge of was my testimony, sharing the, the person that I was and the struggles that I was having, the sin that I was living in prior to June 10th of 2012 when I gave my life to Christ and what he has done in my life since as far as rebuilding my marriage, rebuilding family relationships, and ultimately leading me into Grand Slam Ministries. That's what you're going to hear on the podcast today. I was as transparent as I could be. I I bared my soul in front of the congregation in hopes that it would resonate with someone and that it would be a blessing to someone. And uh, I have to say that the Holy Spirit was working. Uh, I got several emails, several people who came up to me afterwards. Uh, A lot of great conversations have ensued. And look, it's got nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with what God has done in my life through Jesus Christ. So 
When we come back from the break, that's what you are going to hear. You're going to hear the talk that I gave at Utica Baptist Church in Seneca, South Carolina on July 31st, 2022, as I'm recording this just a few days ago. And we'll get into that when the Dan Scott Show podcast episode 15 continues right after this. Do you or someone you know have questions about affordable housing? Homes of Hope is a Greenville-based nonprofit that is the largest developer of single-family affordable housing in South Carolina. Since its formation in 1998, Homes of Hope has developed almost 700 affordable homes, with another 200 in the pipeline. They've also graduated more than 320 men from their workforce development program, helping men overcome addictions. The goal? Provide generational change throughout South Carolina, and they need your support. Visit the website, homesofhope.org, and like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Homes of Hope SC. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherrydale Point in Greenville. Grand Slam Ministries is a new nonprofit organization with a threefold mission to share the love of Jesus Christ through broadcast and internet channels, including a new radio show, to mentor men of all ages to become the leaders the Bible calls us to be better fathers, better husbands, better Christ followers. And you know, there are kids who leave school on Friday who don't eat again until they come back on Monday. We want to make sure they have food and other essentials. To do these things, we need your support, financial and otherwise, including volunteering your time and talents. Find out how you can help us slam, serve, love, and mentor by visiting the Grand Slam Ministries Facebook page, or you can go to grandslamministries.org. The all-new Dan Scott Show coming later this summer will be presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Please prayerfully consider how you can support Grand Slam Ministries today. You really messed up. I've really messed up. You forgot a gift for your best friends. And they live so far away. They're going to hate me. They're going to love you. What? You're sending them Cincy Favorites. Cincy Favorites? It's a sampler of their favorite flavors from Montgomery Inn. Graders, Gleers, La Rosa's, Skyline Chili, Queen City Sausage, and Longdale Farm. That's perfect. They're the only authorized online seller of these iconic brands, so trust no one else. And fast delivery, too. Are you eating it? No, I messed up. There's still time. Go to CincyFavorites.com now. That's CincyFavorites.com. Dan Scott Show podcast, episode 15, and uh, the first one in a while, as I said, as we're just getting cranked back up after taking some downtime over the summer. Hope that uh, you've had a good summer break. For some of you, it's still continuing, as I said at the opening for uh, a lot of us. It's about to get busy, and it's going to be busy for a long time to come now. But hey, that's what we sign up for when you uh, broadcast Division I college athletics and minor league baseball. You just roll with the punches. As I mentioned on today's episode, I'm going to let you hear the testimony that I shared at Utica Baptist Church uh, just a few days ago. Again, we're recording this on August the 2nd, 2022. 
and I was given the privilege of filling in for our pastor and delivering the message while he was with his family on vacation. So this is the message that I gave uh, to our congregation at Utica Baptist Church in Seneca, South Carolina, sharing my testimony, and, uh, well, you'll hear what we called it as we get rolling. Isn't it amazing how God will orchestrate a service? Travis and I hadn't talked this week at all, and yet every song that we sing goes right along with what I'm going to talk about today. As I get into my testimony, because he was faithful to me before I was ever faithful to him. Christ alone is my hope. The song A Thousand Hallelujahs, we talked about the rocks crying out in Sunday school this morning, Don. And he is my living hope. I could just pray and sit down now. The Holy Spirit's working here. And the service would be... Wonderful. I'm not going to, but I could. I I was worried, actually, about the length of this thing. I don't care anymore. Um, It's Pastor Ryan's fault for turning the pulpit over to somebody who's accustomed to talking for three hours at a time. So, so Y'all think Joe was long a few weeks ago? That'll be the good old days by the time we're done here today. Um, I do want to thank Pastor for the opportunity. This is a church that is blessed with so, so many people that have been proclaiming God's Word for years. So to get this opportunity is not something that I take lightly. Um, They are traveling back from vacation in Branson, so keep them in your prayers. And I think everybody knows what happened after the service last week, so please keep them uh, especially bathed in prayer, and especially Samuel, uh, because that young man has got a tremendous burden right now, but he's also got a church family that can love him. Those of you who may not know who I am, I am Dan Scott. I'm a deacon here at Utica Baptist. Uh, I'm a, I joked about talking for three hours at a time. I'm a broadcaster for a living, so that's your cross to bear this morning. Um, and when Ryan first asked me to, to fill this spot while he was on vacation, he was just getting ready to go into his baseball-themed series. So that's why the, the title of my message this morning is From Getting Cut to a Grand Slam because we all know in professional sports, when you get cut, that means, from a baseball standpoint anyway, if you're in the big leagues and you get cut, you're getting sent down. And that's the track that my life was on. I was, I was on the track down. I was being sent down until God got hold of me. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Grand Slam part of it as we go on. But um, all over the country right now, we've got issues of leadership. And leadership has permeated its way into the church. Issues that that people are having to deal with. And I was asked to speak to a leadership conference in Westminster um, just a few months ago. And we know there's no business or organization immune from those type of issues. And that includes the church. Have you guys heard about the latest issue that's, that is baffling church leaders? Denomination-wide. This, this issue of squirrels. Have you guys heard about this? But it, it started at the Presbyterian church. Uh, they called a meeting 
to decide what to do because they had a squirrel infestation. And after much prayer and consideration, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they should not interfere with God's divine will. Well, at the Baptist church, Don's already laughing because he's heard this. At the Baptist church, we noticed that they had taken an interest in, in the baptistry. So the deacons met and decided to put a water slide on the baptistry and let the squirrels slide in and drown themselves. Well, what they found out was the squirrels not only liked the slide, but instinctively they knew how to swim. So the next week, twice the number of squirrels showed up. The Lutheran church decided they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures. So they humanely trapped the squirrels and set them free near the Baptist church. But two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. The Episcopalians tried a more unique path. They set out pans of whiskey around their church hoping to kill the squirrels with alcohol poisoning. But they found out, unfortunately, what a bunch of drunken squirrels can do as far as damage. But it was the Catholic Church that came up with the most creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church, and now they only see them on Christmas and Easter. (laughs) And then not much was heard out of the Jewish synagogue. They circumcised the first one that showed up, and they never saw another one. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Someone asked me if I was going to do a joke this morning before we started, because I always start our Sunday school class with one, and... I said yes, whether it was going to go over or not, so I'm glad that one played well. This is a good audience this morning. Um, As a launching point this morning, I want to read Luke 12, verse 2. And as we go on, you'll see why this verse is relevant and, and what it means in my testimony as we go through this morning. Luke 12, verse 2. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall be known. Some of you have uh, met my dad. He is uh, uh, one of the best men that I know. He's been preaching and pastoring for over 50 years and is still doing it uh, back in West Virginia. So you know he loves, the, he loves when I do things like quote Van Halen in church. Um, But there's a line in one of their songs that says this, Only time will tell if we stand the test of time. And and that's pretty deep if you think about it, coming from anybody, much less a rock and roll band. But aren't you glad today, men and women, that we serve the one who truly stands the test of time? He's the one who transcends time. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, His Word never loses relevance. The applications from the Bible are just as timely now as they were when they were first written under, under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I want to spend some time sharing some thoughts on one of my favorite Bible stories, and, and it happens to be one of my favorite messages by Billy Graham. And we're going to talk about the life of Solomon. And especially you young people who happen to be here today or maybe watching, I want you to pay especially close attention to this. And you can define young yourself. It may be 90. 
but I want you to pay especially close attention. We all know that Solomon was the son of King David and succeeded him as king of Israel. And you recall that when Solomon ascended to the throne, Don, I think he was 22, God spoke to him and said that he would grant Solomon anything you wanted. You ask, and I'll give it to you. Now, he asked Dan Scott that. Man, I got a list, right? I think we all do. But to his credit, what did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom, exactly. And we know God always keeps his promises. So he granted that request. And because Solomon didn't ask for any of those other things, he didn't ask for money, he didn't ask for power, he didn't ask for anything selfish, God granted him all of those things. Now they ended up causing him trouble as his life went on. But for the purpose of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to focus on this. He asked for wisdom. How smart was Solomon? 1 Kings 4.30, we read that Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. And my understanding, as far as they knew, that was basically the world that they knew then. Rulers came from all over that world to speak with Solomon because word of his wisdom traveled. And they all came away mesmerized. The queen of the south said that only half of Solomon's wisdom that she had heard about had been told. Solomon also became the richest man who ever lived. The Bible said that his yearly take in gold was 666 talents. And by some estimates, that's worth more than a billion dollars in today's economy. He had over 40,000 horses. The throne that he sat on was made of solid ivory and he overlaid it with pure gold. He built the most spectacular temple of worship that was ever constructed. In fact, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It took 150,000 men seven years to build this temple. He overlaid the temple with pure gold including the floor. Something our finance committee might want to check into. Can we get the gold on the floor here? He built incredible gardens. He ate the most exotic food. He drank the finest wines from golden cups. And folks, in modern terminology, was Solomon a player? 700 wives... And 300 concubines. And for you young folks out there, concubine is a biblical word for mistress or side hustle. 1,000 women to do whatever he wanted, sexual or otherwise. So Solomon had it all. He had everything that he wanted. Probably had things he didn't want just because he had the ability to get them. And you would think with all of that stuff, with all of that money, with all of that power, and, and he reigned in Israel over a time when he was the greatest military leader in the world. It's the only time in Israel's history that they were not in conflict of some kind, in war. So you would think all of these things that are going right for him, that he would be the happiest and the most satisfied person in the world. But he wasn't. 
Many of you have read the book of Ecclesiastes. If you haven't, you should. Because Solomon lays out everything that I've just told you about here. He had every material and sensual possession that any man or woman could want. And what did he say at the end? Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. He said it was all meaningless. It was a bubble that burst. None of it meant a thing. Why? He had all of that, but why didn't it satisfy him? Because in the process of gaining all of these things, he lost the most important thing. His relationship with God. So I read the story about Solomon. I hear Billy Graham's message and I find myself smiling and nodding my head in agreement because I can relate. I grew up in a Christian home just like Solomon did. My dad, as I mentioned, has been a pastor and a preacher for over 50 years. And it's the old preacher's son joke. I had a drug problem growing up. I was drugged inside the church every time the doors were open. I had the proper upbringing. I knew right from wrong. I saw firsthand what a Christian marriage was supposed to be. And yet in my own marriage, for the first 22 years as a husband and as a father, I failed miserably over and over and over. Solomon, as we just detailed, tried it all. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I tried as much of it as I could. When it came to money, one stretch of my old talk show days back in Clemson, for about four to five years, I was pulling in close to $90,000 a year. It's not a lot of money to some people. It's a lot of money to a lot of us. And yet there were many, many months that we struggled to make the house payment. Why? Because I wasted it. I was trying to find something, some worldly pleasure to fill this hole in my heart. I drank too much. I used to joke about it. It's not a joking matter, but I used to joke that I got to the point where I was spelling drink with a U instead of an I. I had an addiction to pornography that got worse and worse as the years went on. I cheated on Angela multiple times over the years, emotionally and physically. Fortunately, the one thing I can say for myself is, joke aside, I never did have a drug problem. I tried marijuana three times in my life. The first two times did nothing to me. The third time had such an effect, I swore I'd never do it again. I had small town celebrity status because of my radio show and and the Clemson baseball broadcast I used to do. And believe me, believe me when I tell you I used that to my advantage every opportunity I was given. None of it mattered. I kept searching and searching and searching. And nothing satisfied me. Nothing filled that hole that was here. And you have to go back to my childhood to start piecing some of these things together. I was sexually abused by a group of older boys over an extended period of time in the time frame when I was seven or eight years old. And I didn't realize it then, but one of the effects it had on me was the way that it warped my view of sex. 
and ultimately my relationship with women. And it also contributed to massive insecurity that plagued me all through my school years. And to a certain extent, I still battle it even today. And as I mentioned, for much of the first 22 years of my marriage, I was leading a double life. I I had developed dual personalities. My favorite television show growing up was MASH. Any MASH fans in the house? I became very much like Hawkeye Pierce, Alan Alda's character. And that was kind of my attitude. You can see that little smirk on his face. Loud, wisecracking, practical joker that kept the public persona out here. So nobody could really see what was going on in here. This was Dan Scott. And as long as people saw him, nobody saw Daniel. And all this was going on the entire time I was on the air at WCCP while Dan Scott was hosting the show and doing fundraising and impacting the community in positive ways. And and we did. Joe was, I mean, right right after you got hired here, we had a... a, uh, promotion that we did. We took a homeless family on my show and in the span of, I think it was a week, we raised enough money to put them in a house, pay the rent for a year, pay the utilities for a year, fill their their house with groceries, get a Christmas tree, Christmas presents. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. We did a lot of great things. None of it mattered. Because while Dan Scott was doing all that stuff, Daniel was struggling behind the scenes with all the other stuff. I was searching for a peace that I couldn't find. The emptiness was still there. Nothing filled that hole in my heart, no matter what I tried. And it was eating me up on the inside. To the outside world, Utica, I was a great husband and father. I was an upstanding member of the community. See, they couldn't see what was going on in here. They couldn't see that Angela and I weren't communicating. They couldn't see that I wasn't modeling what a Christian father looks like to my two daughters. They couldn't see the nights I lay in bed crying, looking for a way out of the mess that I created. But you know what's interesting? The Bible's always right. And Proverbs said, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets older, he won't depart from it. All that time, day after day, year after year, I knew I was wrong. I knew that I needed Christ in my life. I knew that I needed to change. I had that upbringing. See, folks, sometimes I think we don't give Satan enough credit. Sometimes we don't even say his name anymore. He's devious, and this ain't his first rodeo. And what he did to me and what he'll do to you if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior is he'll keep giving you rope. You want to go drink? Go ahead. 
Want to cheat on your wife? Here's some more rope. And all the time you think that you're having a good time. In fact, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But the thing about him giving you all that rope is that before you realize it, he's got you bound hand and foot. And you don't. I didn't have the human strength to break free of those bonds. I tried. I tried walking away from that stuff. I tried putting it in the rearview mirror. And every time I tried, he would take that rope and he would just pull me back in. And in my mind, I had these conversations with Satan that tells you where I was at the time. And he would say, yeah, you know what? You're right. You do need to give your life to Christ. I mean, Satan knows the Bible. He knows the Scriptures. He tempted Jesus by trying to twist Scripture, didn't he? He said, you do need to give your life to Christ. But to do that, you're going to have to tell your wife what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your children what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your church. I was going to church. Your parents, your friends, your radio audience. Everybody's going to know what a fraud you've been all these years. And are you really ready for that to happen? And sadly, for a long time, the answer was no. But then God started working. Aren't you glad that we have a God who pursues us? And I don't have time to share all the details, but it finally came to a head in June of 2012. For six months, God had been removing things from my life that were roadblocks to my salvation. I lost the radio show. I lost the baseball gig. I lost my status in the community. My double life was found out on June the 9th of 2012. My kids were disgusted with me. They left the house. In fact, my oldest daughter, Samantha, I can still remember this to this day. She stormed out of the house. She got in her car. And our driveway slants down to the road. She got down to the bottom of the driveway. She slammed on the brakes. She flung the door open. She walked back up the driveway. She was getting married in six weeks. And she pointed her finger in my face and she said, you can forget about walking me down the aisle. Now, I have to say, as we go on here, sometimes when I have done this at other places, I forget to say, by God's grace, I did get the walker down the aisle. I got some questions about that not too long ago. That's coming up. I was on the verge of losing everyone and everything that I loved. I'd hit bottom. But see, sometimes that's what it takes. Because I got so low, men and women, that the only place I could look was up. That's when I saw Jesus with his arms open saying, Son, come home. Come home. And on June 10th of 2012, In my parents' living room, I did just that. I gave my life to Christ. Folks, He forgave me. He changed me. Do you hear what I'm saying? He forgave me. And nothing, 
Nothing Satan says or does can change that. And I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I know God has forgiven me, but, or, or, or can forgive me, but I've, I've just been too bad and I can't forgive myself. And John, I want to take him and grab him like I do you sometimes and, and, and just shake him and, and, and say, really, you're telling me that your standards are higher than God's? Come on. Satan likes to use that guilt even after all of your sins have been forgiven. And a year or two after I got saved, all of you guys know Becky, or most of you know Becky. She was acting out and using our marital problems and mostly my past behavior as an excuse. And when she had done that in the past, I continued to apologize over and over again. And, but this one night, it hit me. I'm forgiven. I know I've got relationships to rebuild, but I'm forgiven. The problem wasn't between me and God anymore. And the problem really wasn't between me and her. Her problem was between her and God. And I told her that night, the apologies end tonight. And that's the moment that our relationship seriously began to heal. And one other thing, that lady sitting up there, she needs a hand. Because she started fighting for our marriage long before I did. And she stood by me through all the sin I was struggling with for all those years. I love you. Now, I'd like to tell you that in 10 years and just past my 10-year spiritual birthday, since giving my life to Christ, that it's been trouble-free and no cares in the world. Hasn't been that way. And don't let anybody kid you. And I think our young people especially are most vulnerable to this. I think we're all vulnerable to it. But I think the young people are the most vulnerable to it. There are a lot of people out there claiming the name of Christ who are preaching an easy gospel. The prosperity gospel. They're telling anybody who will listen that once you come to Jesus, all your problems, financial, health, whatever, are over. My life hadn't been that way. Satan is on the attack. He attacks me every day. But the one thing that I have now that I didn't have 10 years ago is the Holy Spirit living in here. And I got somebody who will fight those battles for me and be the strength that I don't have to get me through these things. And these attacks on Christians are going to get worse. If you read the Bible, you know that. This country is more anti-Christian than it's ever been. Our values are under attack more than any time in our nation's history. And some of the things that our kids are being taught in school today would have landed you in jail just a few years ago. Folks, we don't even know what bathroom to use anymore. And that's why I'm so passionate about this new ministry that God is leading me into, Grand Slam Ministries. After years of stumbling around and Thinking that I was doing God's will and watching one thing after another blow up, I got serious about finding His purpose for my life. But how do we do that? How do we find God's specific purpose for our lives? 
Well, the first thing we have to do is make sure that our priorities are right. Now, I've got a full talk that I've given about the process that you could find on my YouTube page or I can send you a link or whatever, but just a, the Cliff Notes version of it here today. And it begins with this quote from Tony Evans. I don't have it on the slide, so listen carefully. Tony Evans said this, We exist for God. He does not exist for us. God loves doing things for His people, but the reason we get up in the morning is to fulfill His purpose for our lives, not merely to ask Him to bless our purpose for our lives. Dr. Evans went on, God does not want to be our vending machine where we put in a coin and He dispenses what we demand. Until we understand that we exist for Him, we will never know our purpose for being. And if we don't get that right, nothing else is going to make sense. I mentioned I gave my life to Christ on June 10th of 2012. And I went from going this way to 100 miles an hour in the other direction. Man, I was going to be super Christian. And in the process, I decided to try some things, radio and otherwise, that I thought were God's will for my life. But it turned out that it was what... I wanted to do, and I was asking God to bless it. And you can imagine how that turned out. So for a long time, I just sort of treaded water. Just drifting along. I knew that God had something for me, but I didn't know what it was. And if I'm being honest, because of those past failures, I was probably a little bit afraid to find out. But then... I got a feeling that God was doing something in my life as far back as 2019, and I wasn't really sure what it was. And one of the curses of being a broadcaster is I record everything that I do, every game that I do, every talk that I give, every show that I do. And I go back and I listen to critique and try to get better. Whether I do or not is up for debate, but at least I try. And I was coming home from a Greenville, uh, Greenville Drive game month or so ago, maybe two months ago, and happened to pop in a talk I gave to a men's uh, conference in Chester back in 2019. And uh, the first thing that I said to them was I asked them for prayer because Don and I had just entered the program for the weight loss surgery. That was in October, and the surgery would be in February of 2020. By the way, I've lost uh, 180 pounds and kept it off for two and a half years. Thank you. And... And this church and the Sunday school class played a large role in that, pun intended. Um, but the other thing that I said in that talk to Chester, and I, I didn't remember saying this until I, I heard it on the recording, was I asked him to pray for me because I, I said, guys, God's doing something in my life and I don't know what it is. But I could feel it. I could feel the churning. And, and then... Slowly, the idea for this nonprofit and accompanying radio show began to come into focus about two years ago. And the overlying message that I got was God telling me that I needed to use my talents more for Him and less for myself. He's given me a talent for speaking, He's given me a message to share and a burden to share that message. So I'm looking for every opportunity I can get to speak to churches, organizations, groups, whatever it is. But that was the overlying feeling. 
I need to be using my talents more for him and less for me. First Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God, or in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Use your gifts more for me and less for yourself, God was saying. So a little over 18 months ago, I went to my mentors. And I mentioned I gave my life to Christ in June of 2012. And when I did, my life was a mess. And I just detailed a lot of it. No full-time job. Rebuilding my relationship with my wife and kids. God put a lot of people in this church in my life. And there have been many, many men in our men's ministry who have ministered to me in one way or the other. But three of them. God especially brought into my path. And I think two of them are here today. The one who's not is Danny Rhodes, but Don Harper and Jim Hayes. Would you guys stand up, please? These guys, along with Danny, yeah. They are the epitome of what mentorship is all about. You can sit down. I know it's uncomfortable for you. But around November of 2020, I sent an email to those three men outlining where I thought God was leading me and what I wanted to do with it. And I got nothing but positive feedback from And I chose those three specifically because, A, I knew they were going to bathe everything that I told them in prayer. B, if I was going off the rails, they were going to be honest with me and tell me about it. And C, if they thought I was headed in the right direction, they were going to be honest with me and tell me about it. And all of the feedback that I got from them was positive. Yes, we think you're right. So to a logical person, a normal person, that would have been a sign, right? Take off, get rolling. But nobody's ever accused me of being the most logical person in the world. And I kept dragging my feet. And, and it was largely because of all these past mistakes. I did not want to repeat them. But as I mentioned earlier, we have a God who pursues us. And it got to a point, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, if you've been walking with the Lord for any period of time, I'm sure you have. But it got to the point where every devotion I read, every message that I listened to, I listened to Tony Evans, I listened to David Jeremiah, I listened to Alistair Begg, I listened to a lot of different guys, Sirius XM in the mornings on the, the Family Talk channel, Chuck Swindoll, I mean, they're, they're just... Such great, every single one of those things. It was like a neon sign, an arrow that was pointing. Somebody said so. And, and then even once, not too long ago in one of our services, I think it was actually right back before the first of the year, it was before the first of the year. And it had nothing to do specifically with this, but Pastor Ryan stood up here. One of his bullet points that he had were the words, What are you waiting for? 
think I just gave myself a concussion. So finally I said, okay, God, if you want this done, let's roll. But there are obstacles in the way that you're going to have to knock down because I can't do it. I was told that forming a corporation, would going through a lawyer, would take probably $500 or more. I found out that I could do it online for myself for 60 bucks. I got the tax ID number for free online at the IRS site. I filed the online 501c3 myself, which, again, I was told five or six hundred dollars, 275 bucks. And by the way, Cliff Adams guiding me through this entire process. He, he's, he's my tax guy. I'm good at uh, commercial announcements. I highly suggest that you give Cliff your business. <laughs> and I'm not going to charge you for that one, Cliff, <laughs> this time. So what I was told would cost $1,000 or more to get done, I got done for less than $350. And I had been given some, some financial gifts from some people to, to help pull this off, some friends of mine. And, and with the money left over, I was able to do the other things like get the, 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 the mailbox and start the checking account and all those other things. And then it came time to dealing with our friends at the IRS, Cliff. And I, and I think in your office you told me one time that it will probably be six to eight months when you file this thing. And even on their site at the time, they said huge delays and they used COVID as an excuse. And we also know that the IRS and Christian organizations have, have not exactly been on the same, uh, same wavelength in the past few years. But just taking them at their word, they said they had a huge backlog and that it would be as many as six to eight months. I did one of Don's tricks. I uh, filled out the application online. I put my credit card information in. And right before I hit the send button, I prayed, God, get this in the hands of the right person. Hit the send button. Folks, that thing got approved by the government in six weeks. As Don says, I'm going to tell this side. Six weeks, our government... The kings of red tape. So if I needed any other prompting, any other sign that God is in this, I took that as it's time to roll. So what will Grand Slam Ministries do? Slam is an acronym for serve, love, and mentor. And part of it's going to be a radio show that we're working on. And uh, we have to raise funds to buy time. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the, the two main tenements outside of the radio show that I want to focus on, one of them I've already mentioned, mentorship. Men in our society today are being emasculated. And we have to lead young men to Christ and then teach them how to be strong Christian men. And then we need to teach those men how to be strong Christians, husbands and fathers and leaders in the church and the community. And then the other thing that I've just not been able to shake, and Angela and I first came across this about 10, 11 years ago. You know there are kids in this community who leave school on Friday and a lot of them don't eat again until they come back to school on Monday? Right here. All the problems we have in this country, it's still the most affluent country in the world. So it's on my heart to come alongside other organizations. I know there were some backpack programs and other things that were going on and COVID decimated them. I've had some conversations with people. 
So whatever it looks like, whatever the mentorship thing looks like, whatever the, the uh, providing food and other necessities for children, those things are still in the formative stages. But that, that's where my heart is. And, and there's much more in my head that I'd love to do, but, but these things are the starting point. And I hope that I've learned from those past mistakes not to try to do too much too soon. Alistair Begg, I heard him this morning, Don, he said the main things are the plain things and the plain things are the main things. So from an immediate standpoint, folks, the first thing I need is your prayer. Prayer that I'll follow God's will, I'll get out of His way and not try to do this in my own strength. I've been praying for someone to come alongside and help out the website. That prayer has been answered. That's in the uh, process now. Yes, we need financial donations. But there are other ways you can help. Can you donate time? Can you donate office space? Are you good at grant writing? Have you done work with nonprofits and you're, and you're looking for something maybe to, to give you something to do? And honestly, I'd love to have somebody who could just handle the fundraising side and let me do what I do best. And I know you're hearing a lot of the word I here. Trust me, I know that I can't do this. It's got to be a we. And it starts with him. And it filters down. And I need people to come along beside me. And God's going to put the right people in my life. I'm incredibly excited about this new phase. There are still some things that have to be worked out. And, and one of the things that I'm praying about now is the balance between my career versus the time it's going to take to run this ministry in, in a proper God-honoring way. But you know what? He's going to work all that out. I, I told someone the other day, I, I spoke at a men's group over in Liberty, that God didn't knock down all of these other obstacles just to watch Grand Slam Ministries wither on the vine due to lack of finances or anything else. And as I told Pastor Ryan last week, I'm not going to make a big sales pitch or anything like that today because Utica Baptist does so much in this community. It serves so well that the last thing I want to do is take anything away from any of those ministries. But if something you've heard here today struck a chord with you individually, then come talk to me. I'll be glad to share some ideas with you or maybe more importantly, I'll be glad to listen to some ideas that you have, like Carrie Sartain, who hooked me up with a organization that is specifically designed to help small nonprofits in fundraising, and we just started that process. Thank you. Finally, as I wrap up this morning, I want to circle back to where we started. Travis is up here. I think that's a sign that I need to get rolling. I told you, he turned the pulpit over to somebody who talks three hours at a time, so you, you probably jumped the gun a little bit. <laughs> I'm not standing here today, folks, if it wasn't for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. If you don't hear anything else today, take that home with you. I firmly believe that Angela and I would be divorced, and quite honestly, I'd probably be dead now if I hadn't given my life to Christ. We began today talking about King Solomon. And at the end of Ecclesiastes, he said this, Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, 
before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you'll say, I have no pleasure in them. And then in the final two verses of that same chapter, Solomon brought it all home. Remember, he had gone through all of these things in his life. He had wandered as far away from God as he could wander. Trying all of those things. Money, power, sex, you name it. This is what he said at the end of Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Remember we started with Luke 12 too? But there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Solomon's saying the same thing here. Young people, again, 9 to 90, you define what's young in your heart. But listen to me. Please listen to me. Nothing you do, underline that word twice, nothing, escapes the eyes of God. You can hide things from your friends. You can hide things from your family. You can hide things from your teachers, your coaches, your boss. You can even hide them from your pastor. But God sees everything. And I can still see my dad standing behind that pulpit in the small church back in West Virginia time after time all those years ago saying the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. And they do. And if they haven't, they're going to. Solomon had it all, men and women, boys and girls. But it wasn't enough. I was trying to find peace in the pleasures of this world. But it wasn't enough. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he wasn't talking about the kind of abundance and the kind of excess we're talking about here with Solomon. Jesus meant a life of spiritual abundance, a life dedicated to Him, and a life that He will bless for your faithfulness. Society and culture today, they bombard all of us, but especially young folks, like some of you here this morning, with the idea of gaining as much money and power as you can, having as much sex as you can, doing whatever you want to do. Go big or go home. That's what the world says. But Jesus said... Deny yourself. Take up the cross. Take up the place of execution. And follow me. The rewards of heaven are far beyond anything on this earth. Far beyond anything that Solomon accumulated. And Jesus will freely give you those rewards if you'll commit your life to him. And remember a minute ago when we talked about how anti-Christian the world has become? Jesus warned us that would be the case. And he says, follow me anyway. Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Then he said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. He didn't say you might. He didn't say it's possible. He didn't say it could happen. He said, you will have tribulation. But aren't you thankful that that verse doesn't end there? There's one more line, one more sentence where Jesus says, 
Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So as I close, my prayer today is that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll settle that matter once and for all. Right here. Today. I'm going to pray and then I'll turn it back over to Travis to conclude the service. And then I'll be out in the lobby later on if anybody has any questions. I hope that something that was said here today was a blessing. I hope that by being as transparent as I could possibly be, you've seen that there's hope for you. Because, folks, I was gone. I was on the way to getting cut and being sent down. But then God has hit a grand slam in my life. Praise Him. Lord, thank You for this opportunity here today. Thank You for this wonderful church family. Uh, Utica means so much to me, so much to Angela. I just can't thank You enough for bringing us into to this family of worship. And I just pray today that given this opportunity to share what You've done in my life, that, yeah, people heard my voice, but it, it was the, the Holy Spirit, that still, small voice, that was speaking to them. And I pray that as we close the service today, that if anyone here does not know Christ as their Savior, that today would be the day. The Bible says that now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And that's my prayer here today. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that something you heard in there was a blessing. And as I made mention of on multiple occasions, it's all the work that Jesus Christ did in my life. Uh, I, I, as I said at the end, man, I was gone. I was, I was headed in the wrong direction, and thankfully we have a God who pursues us. And uh, for the last ten years, I've been doing my best to try to live for Him as best as I can. I, I have failed more often than not, but. That's part of the sanctification process. You you keep moving forward, you fall down, you dust yourself off, you ask for forgiveness, you ask for help, and you keep moving forward, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and my prayer is that it was an encouragement. Um, maybe it spoke to some of you in, in other ways, uh, as it apparently did with some folks who came up and talked to me afterwards about things they had experienced previously in their lives. Whatever it is, just know that it was my words and my voice and my story, but it was all inspired by Jesus Christ. And it's that still small voice of the Holy Spirit that hopefully is speaking to you in, in whatever way, and that whatever he's asking, you'll be obedient to follow. We'll take a break, we'll come back, and we will put a wrap on episode 15 of the Dan Scott Show podcast right after this. Dan Scott here for Todaro Pizza. You know, it's hard to believe I'm saying this, but I've been telling you about this bucket list dining experience that is Todaro Pizza for more than 20 years now. Why am I still doing it? Well, because it's incredible. John and the gang at the Markley Street location here in Greenville have continued the tradition started by his family in New Jersey and brought to the upstate years ago by brother Chris to the Sloan Street location in Clemson. You don't last that long if the food and the service aren't top-notch. Well, they have because they are. And remember, Todaro has the lunchtime buffet, all you can eat for just eight bucks. 
Other daily and weekly specials are always in play. And with the Markley Street to Dara location just down the street from Floor Field, what a great stop before or after a Greenville Drive game. Indoor and outdoor seating are available. Todaro Pizza, Greenville, and Clemson. Tell them Dan Scott sent you. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery and Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at cincyfavorites.com. Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's Bar Trivia for Dummies, Wednesday night's Music Bingo, Thursday night's Dirty Bingo, and Karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, HalloFameSportsGrill.com. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Back to close out the NASCAR Show podcast, episode 15. Hope you enjoyed my testimony. Uh, If you have not heard about Grand Slam Ministries prior to this one, I I hope that it gives you a little bit of insight into what we are doing. Um, Hopefully in the not-too-distant future, the website is going to be fully up and functioning, and it's all going to be operating as uh, an extension of danscottshow.org, which is under reconstruction right now, and grandslamministries.org will actually point to a page there. It'll be kind of a, a hub for everything that we do, podcast, radio show, all of that. And um, basically what I need from you is I need your prayers, number one, that, uh, again, I'll continue to follow God's lead in this thing and, and try not to get ahead of where he's taken me. B, we definitely are going to need some financial help from individuals and from corporate sponsors because the plan is to have a radio show that's going to take what we've been doing on this podcast. And if you go back through previous episodes, you know some of the guests that we've had, famous guests, national guests who have been very open about sharing their faith, Jeff Allen and Jason Romano and Eddie Tobinsey and some of the other stories that we've told as well. Taking that to uh, a a, uh, terrestrial radio audience and uh, really trying to make an impact, not just in this community, but in communities across the country. It's going to take finances to do that. And inside of that is where hopefully we're going to be able to raise the money to do some of the other things we want to do with the mentorship program the uh, providing food and other necessities for children, along with some corporate partners and things that we're working on here locally. But a good portion of it is going to be listener-driven. So pray for that. And if you would like some information about how you can help in whatever way that may be, 
then shoot me an email, dan at danscottshow.org, dan at danscottshow.org. That's the easiest way to do it right now, and that will come directly to me, and I can answer any questions that you might have. The other thing I ask is that you like, share um, this podcast, help us grow it, because it's going to be part of what we do, and uh, send us some feedback. As we're going through this thing, your feedback is going to be incredibly important. We want to hear what you think about the subjects, what you think about the interviews that we do, and quite honestly, any ideas you might have that might help move this ministry forward. Um, There was a point in my life, folks, where I thought I knew everything. Now I realize that I know virtually nothing. Uh, I hope that's going to work in my favor as I or favor as I surrender all of this to Jesus. Uh, so if you have any ideas, any thoughts, I would love to hear them. Feedback would love to hear it, and just want to know that you're out there. If there's something that said it's been a blessing to you, by all means, please share that as well. And look, we even take criticism. Okay, uh, I'm not above that. If you hear something you don't like or have questions about something. Let's have a respectful conversation about it, okay? Uh, I would love to interact with you on on whatever level we get to. This has been episode 15 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again if all goes well in the next week or two as we start doing these on a regular basis again now that my work life has ramped up. Summer vacation is over. It's time to get down to business. All glory to God for everything he's done in my life, and we'll talk to you again next time. Until then, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you, and so long, everybody.